Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Like, say I want to see what you're doing and who you're hanging with, and you're not posting about it on your story. I can just stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's weird. You do that? No, I don't do that. I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages and keep it between friends, and then use that money to buy something at a store with Apple Pay. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Maybe. Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Terms apply. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And welcome uh, to Pride Month. It's June 2nd. As we record this, I'm wearing my Ace shirt, which is very cool. <laughs> it is cool. I should get my pin somewhere oh. in here. Just for you. Just for the benefit of you. I enjoy it. I feel like I get a show every time of like whatever seasonal thing is happening or topic <laughs> we're talking about. You come dressed. Whatever. I'm super into at the moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, well... Unfortunately, this isn't a happy episode necessarily, but it's a, uh, just updates on some things that are happening in in the queer community. It's not complete by any means because a lot is happening. Um, mm-hmm. And we've talked about some of those things on this very show, and I'm sure we'll come back and return to them as things continue to change. Um, so just content warning, like... We're not going to go too in-depth in anything, but if you're just kind of tired of hearing about, like, homophobic politicians and people passing bad laws, <laughs> then I'm with you. I understand. Um, but that's, we're mostly talking about that and um, some of the things within companies that are happening and then some of the things that are happening with uh, censorship. So just to put that out there. Uh, also, because things are rapidly changing, uh, the date is June 2nd, 2023. Just want to say that. Uh, so it's going to be about um, almost a week uh, before you hear this. And I know things will probably have changed in that time. Right. Yes. But we wanted to start with the wave of anti-drag laws that are happening. Uh, so in April 2023, Tennessee became the first state to ban drag shows in public spaces, although drag was never used in there specifically, but that's really what they were going for. At least 14 other states introduced similar measures uh, from time, quote, language across the numerous bills is similar to the Tennessee bill, which prohibits, quote, adult cabaret performances in public spaces where minors could watch. In Tennessee's bill, adult cabaret is defined as adult-oriented performances that include, quote, male or female impersonators. It redefines drag art as a morbid and shameful interest in sex, which is an actual uh, legal term that they used. Yeah. The day before it was passed, it was blocked for being, quote, too broad by a federal judge who is a Trump-appointed judge. So some people are taking that as like, there's some kind of hope here. Huh. I don't know. <laughs> That's interesting. I know we'll talk mm-hmm. about it later, but yeah, several Republican politicians have actually done good things or unexpected things that I've been very surprised by. So it feels like there's a glimmer in this. 
Badness. <laughs> Just, I'm going to cling to that glimmer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so a local drag theater group, Friends of George, filed a suit against it. From The Guardian, they said, the law prohibits a drag performer wearing a crop top and miniskirt from dancing where minors might see it, their complaint notes, but does not prohibit a Tennessee Titans cheerleader wearing an identical outfit from performing the exact same dance in front of children. Which I was going to ask, like, have they done the same kind of thing for any, uh, like, cis hetero entertainment? Mm-hmm. Well, I they doubt. brought up wrestling as well. Yeah. That, uh, that this kind of thing that they're talking about banning happens in wrestling so no they haven't but (laughs) the conversation volleyball uh Mm -hmm. soccer uniforms like they don't have crop tops but they often short shorts Mm -hmm. (laughs) so the aclu of tennessee tweeted we are concerned that government officials could easily abuse this law to censor people based on their own subjective viewpoints of what they deem appropriate chilling protected speech and sending a message to lgbtq tennesseans that they are not welcomed in our state And this also speaks to how these laws could be used to target trans people for simply existing Um, in the face of so many other attacks they're already under, um, including bans on gender affirming care and trans people's rights in general. So like the same, I believe the same day, uh, this governor passed a law um, banning gender affirming care. So some people think this is sort of like, I mean, it is very dangerous. Absolutely. But some people think it's also kind of distracting from that, too. But yeah, after the <laughs> after the bill passed, um, photos surfaced of Governor Bill Lee, who is the one who signed it, doing drag in high school. Um, one of his spokespeople said in response, the bill specifically protects children from obscene sexualized entertainment. In any attempt to conflate this serious issue with lighthearted school traditions is dishonest and disrespectful to Tennessee families. Wow, the hypocrisy. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is just for fun. I know. <laughs> right. This is for fun. Are we fun. making fun of women, most likely? <laughs> yes. Are we demeaning women in a way? Yes. But this is harmless. Not, yeah. Not sexist or. It's not disrespecting not Tennessee families. Oh, God. <laughs> And it is part of, like, we've talked about this, too, the really gross grooming argument where that protecting the children line comes up a lot, including uh, it is used by organizations like Gays Against Groomers, which is an unfortunate thing I had to research doing this, uh, which they're posting people in drag, uh, and they said, quote, They directly opposes the sexualization and indoctrination of children. This includes drag queen story hours, drag shows involving children, the transitioning and medicalization of minors, and gender theory being taught in the classroom. Gender theory. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know we're not supposed to laugh, and I know this is really bad, but the way they phrase things is so absurd, and people can take this all different ways. So at this point, talking about gender and having people talk about heteronormative ideas is gender theory. So right. you best not be talking about that. <laughs> right. Um, a lot of people brought that up, too. But like going back to that hypocrisy of like, well, you talk about intersection people all the time, and that's not like outside of gender theory. If quotes. you're teaching women to be the wife or women career focus, that's mm-hmm. a gender theory, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is what they want to promote. Yep, exactly. Oh, <sighs> um, and it goes hand in hand with what we've been seeing. With book banning, which we we talked about in a previous episode, and we will discuss a little bit more towards the end. Um, And some of these laws that we're seeing specifically call out promoting obscenity, which is essentially just advertising. So one of the big things we've seen from this is so much fear and uncertainty that companies or venues won't host any drag events anymore because they don't know. Right. I believe uh, Department of Defense typically had a drag show yearly, and they canceled it this year, if I remember correctly, during Pride Month. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of concerns that a lot of Pride events are going to get canceled um, because of these these laws. Uh, and they, they, I mean, the serious consequences. Some of the prison sentences in them are up to 10 years in prison. Um, the person would be registered as sex offender uh, and fines of up to $20,000. And then 
that's also going along with uh, the venue facing fines and things like that. There has been uh, some, several celebrities have spoken out about it. I know Lizzo was a really big, came out against it. Um, And then I wanted to include this because it goes along with what we've been talking about with religion. So Nebraska's has a proposed anti-drag legislation. Um, So here's a quote about it from Time. The bill was later amended by Senator Megan Hunt to prohibit children from participating in Bible studies, church camp, or other religious programs. Quote, the legislature finds that there is a well-documented history of indoctrination and sexual abuse perpetrated by religious leaders and clergy people upon children. It's true. It's true. (laughs) Let's talk about the fact that the Virgin Mary was supposed to be 13 or 12. 12 or 13. Oh, my gosh. When she had Jesus. Yeah. There you go. Oh, (laughs) wow. And this is from The Guardian. uh, And we've talked about this before. Last year, the Southern Baptist Convention released a list of over 700 of their ministers accused of sexual abuse, with many of the ministers in Tennessee. And that's just one denomination. There's no record, not a single documented instance of a child ever being harmed or abused at a drag show. Statistically speaking, children are far safer at a drag queen story hour than at church. Yet we aren't attempting to legislate whether parents can take children to church. How is this protecting children? And like we talked about before, a lot of the grooming comes within the church. Right, right. Um, And this, uh, the people they interviewed within this article, it goes on to bring up gun violence and like the things we've seen in Tennessee around mass shootings and how despite that, uh, this governor, Tennessee governor, recently signed a permitless carry bill, even though, like, they also went into so many of these things we talk about. We have all of these polls that indicate people are on the opposite side. So people don't want, like, the banning of drag shows. People don't want people being able to carry guns without a permit. Like, this is going against the will of the people they're supposed to represent. And the amount of children that have died just from old folks, and I'm saying old folks, being scared that people are in their driveway or walking next to or going near, and Mm -hmm. the amount of good Christian folks are the ones that's shooting and Mm -hmm. getting away with it. Yep. Yep. And I hate hate it. (laughs) We just keep saying that at the end of all of this. (laughs) It's very frustrating. (laughs) It's just the thing. It's frustrating. Uh, mm-hmm. So there is a history of this. NPR has a good breakdown. As early as 1863, San Francisco had a law banning someone from being in public if they are wearing clothing different from what is typically associated with their legal or assigned gender. These laws were used as a way of control, not only of gender identity and performance, but if you were arrested, then you had a criminal record that can make it really difficult to obtain jobs. And I was going to say that about the uh, sex offender registry. Mm -hmm. It seems like a good idea, but oftentimes some of it is good and some of it is just a witch hunt and some of it is just going after marginalized communities. And I say this as a former law enforcement kind of on the outskirts of law enforcement mm-hmm. and seeing what these do. Like, it's, it's, it's targeting people. Don't get me wrong. True pedophiles, child molesters, who are mostly from the church and cis hetero men, need to be known. But mm-hmm. what we see more often than that, especially if they do this with the uh, anti-drag laws, they are targeting for a reason. Right. And so much of this is incredibly infuriating, too, because, I mean... At one time, women couldn't wear pants. Like, mm-hmm. it's just this whole idea of, like, what's typically associated with their legal or assigned gender. Right. That's, like, stuff that changes and that we kind of made up. <laughs> like, Completely made up. Yeah, that's the whole kind of performance of gender that sort of... But it, it's not everyone agrees on what that is. So that's just... That makes me mad. And as I said, there are a lot of worries about pride parades getting canceled. I saw a story about it today. In Florida, where they don't think they're going to be able to do it because uh, right. they're worried about this. Yeah, which it's, I kind of got torn in my head about it because it it's one of those things where I'm like, this is not the biggest issue. A lot of the stuff we're talking about is just part of a bigger targeting of the queer community and especially trans people. And so it's like tragic, like a pride parade gets canceled, especially because of these things. <laughs> but there are, it's just... 
I don't want that to be the only headline we're taking from this. Right. You know what I mean? But I think it comes back to the point that it took a violent event for pride parades and yes. things to come about. So it's not just like, it's a, it's a small right. thing. It took a violent event for this to come out. This came, it was born from the Stonewall riot. And we mm-hmm. need to have that conversation about like, this is not about showing off, which no. we have talked about before that I had had a discussion with my own parents who at one point in time seemed okay mm-hmm. with the queer community and kind of accepting of it. And they're like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then this rhetoric came back as of recently, and I got the, why do they have to put it in our face? Why do they have to have a right. parade? And I'm like, you don't even know when it is. <laughs> Tell me when, when is it? So why right. is it, how's it in your face? Right. But literally coming back to this in this narrative of like, they're just trying to show off and like, no, mm-hmm. they're celebrating because mm-hmm. they had to fight to get to this point. It's, it's, it is dangerous because this is a silence and this is going against the rights of individuals in general. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it is super important. I don't want to make it because people have a lot of queer people feel very isolated. And so when you have a moment like that, where you kind of get to meet other queer people and you get to be proud and have those conversations, that is no small thing. I will say it's gotten too corporate. Like when you go to a pride parade, everyone is themed like AT&T. Like, like, what the hell does that have to do? What? Right. Well, that's one of the big, like, conversations about it is that it's kind of gotten away from... Right. (laughs) Which we are going to talk about in a second, actually. (laughs) And and I did read it. I wanted to include one other thing from The Guardian where they were talking to an owner of a theater company in Tennessee, I believe, Um, because they they were making the point, like, this impacts non-queer folks, too, apart from it being a human's rights thing that you should care about. But also, uh, here's the quote, can we still produce Peter Pan with a female pan? Can we do Mrs. Doubtfire? Is it okay for us to put on Shakespeare the way it was traditionally performed? But also, I have a feeling it is going to be very uh, specifically targeted when they enforce it and when they don't. (laughs) Oh, obviously. Yeah. rant for a sec please pay apps are way too public what happened some rando hearted a payment from five months ago and i realized people can see my entire history who i'm paying like full names it's super weird yeah it's weird how are you paying your friends then apple cash it's all in messages you can literally send cash like a text and it stays between friends random people can't see it did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
But yeah, let's talk about let's talk about the corporate <laughs> aspect you were discussing. Because we have seen a lot of company backlash, and I've seen several articles that have made the point. Because this is also, you know, I feel like a lot of times these take up a lot of space, and here I am talking about it. But I think it's interesting in that a lot of the articles I've read had said, this just shows how toxic and how much backwards we're going. Because this didn't used to be kind of a, such a big flashpoint right. for companies. Companies could usually have something for Pride Month and they didn't experience <laughs> as much backlash um, as they are now. So I do want to say, like, at the top of this, it is weird to me, uh, companies trying to cash in on Pride. And I don't know. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I guess. These aren't sponsors. I don't necessarily support them. But yeah, as someone who works for a big company, you and I talk about this all the time because we get requests like this all the time, not just for Pride, like for every, like whatever the month is, we get a request about it. And we're always like, well, what, should, like back it up. What are, are you just saying these things? Like what, give us some kind of, because a lot of times they'll say like, we're donating to this. And I'm like, how much are you donating? How often are you donating? Like, and then we never hear back usually. <laughs> right. And then the, just looking at the track record and you realize, yep. oh, they play both sides. Yep. That's not cool either. Right. So at the end of the day, these are companies. They are looking to make money. They are not consistent. They often donate to all kinds of opposing <laughs> things. Right. So they're not allies. They're just not. But okay. They could do a lot better. I'll say right. that. And let's start with Bud Light. I know it's old news now. You've all heard about it. But Bud Light faced a huge backlash after sending trans influencer Dylan Mulvaney a can of beer with her face on it. And she showed it during an Instagram post. It was a very typical Instagram she wasn't post. Even an endorsement. Like she, she no. really wasn't making really much money other than TikTok money. <laughs> no, it's like it was just such a like, oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's a normal video. <laughs> the amount of people throwing out cans of beer like, you already bought it, dude. Do you really think that's doing something? Right. Maybe not knowing that Anheuser-Busch is a giant company that right. owns most of the beers that you're drinking. So calm yes. down. And like a lot of other stuff, too. Right. They, they own a lot. <laughs> and what's so funny is this did not make any, I don't think, any of the liberal people going, I have to go buy Budweiser. Like, that wasn't a thing. <laughs> like, that didn't. We were like, no. okay, moving on. No. no. <laughs> it, the whole thing is so ridiculous, and it's so performative, and it's so incredibly a waste of time. Um, and yeah, there was, like, all of these videos that were getting posted of people shooting beer. Yeah. Which is a thing, by the way. We had a local brewery that did that because they got really? complaints about their beer. And so they're mad and they shot up their beer with AKs. We're like, what? Why do this? Why? That doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah. And honestly, though, the biggest thing that we should talk about with this, the fact that uh, Dylan Mulvaney was berated with so much harassment just because she was thankful that someone noticed her. Like, that's the end of the story. And yeah. she has been, like, I think she went off social media for a while because she yep. had so many death threats and doxing and going after her. But Budweiser gave no shits. No, they didn't. Um, and that that is an unfortunate trend we see a lot. And as you said, you can make money on TikTok. And so that is like a financial, I mean, obviously an emotional harm but right. a financial harm. And it is a harm that impacts an entire community who is witnessing this. And it was incredibly disheartening, too, because <laughs> the company, uh, then they, they released a statement and they said, they, quote, never intended to be part of a discussion that divides people and released a very Bud Light, I'll say, like, generic America commercial um, that was, it was like embarrassing how hard they were trying to be like, we're America for everybody. Clearly you're not. <laughs> you're not if you're shaming and you're ashamed because you sent a beer. Mm -hmm. Well, and this is the thing too, is like, I read a really good thread about how this is, this is an example of how clearly like this whole, like we never intended to be a part of a discussion that divides people that they'd never, they just want to like get the credit 
but didn't stop to think of this is what a queer person faces every day. Mm-hmm. And so then, then they get some of this backlash and like, oh, no, <laughs> retreat, retreat. And the thing is, the company, because they both, they backtracked, now they've like pissed off everybody. Everybody. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> they, they reported they'll up their U.S. marketing budget three times to make up for the loss of revenue caused by this, which again is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Um, And now let us talk about what is happening with Target. So in May, Target removed um, or moved items to the back some of their pride line, particularly around trans folks, uh, because they actually had like 200 items or something in certain Southern stores because of confrontations and threats that they reported uh, were being experienced by their employees, like um, things getting turned over, yelling, all that kind of stuff. The statement was very vague. It was issued days after the CEO spoke about inclusivity. And the big target of it, of the ire, was something called the tuck-friendly bathing suit, um, which was supposed to be for trans people. Um, And there's a lot of disinformation and misinformation around it with conservative pundits claiming it was targeted towards kids. It wasn't. That that is the story that got told and passed around, and then people got so angry about it and were focusing about it. And then, of course, after this happened, activists expressed their frustration that instead of targeting bad customers, they kind of just gave in and removed the products. And a lot of the products were from small businesses, which was a big thing that Target was trying to say that they are a part of as well, like bringing in small businesses. And instead, they f***ed everyone over, not just the queer community, but the small businesses that they are so proud about, uh, including. Right. Yeah. And it's, it, some of the designers reported they were getting so many death threats, they were glad when their stuff got removed, but the, they should have had support. Right. From from Target, right? It's just it shouldn't be a thing. And it, like right. I was saying, it's especially it's it's just it's so very corporate to want to cash in on something without taking the time to understand it and just conveniently bowing out, right? When you can, um, and then it's it's in another example of violent extremists controlling the narrative um, with things like abortion as well. And it's disheartening, too, because Target does have a history of taking steps to be inclusive. Right after a lot of the bathroom bans were happening in 2016, they, they like, went out of their way to make sure, like, no, we're going to have these bathrooms. And the, they have been, because of that, uh, the Target, uh, pun, I guess, I didn't mean to, of threats before which isn't right. Like, people shouldn't be threatened. I'm not saying, like, if the work, a workspace should be safe at all, but it's just I feel like we're not punishing the right people or we're not taking right. the right steps to make it so that's not the case for anyone. <laughs> right. I mean, when it comes down to when you see content like this, and I, I would be, I would like to see the statistics, especially when it's online uh, trolling, how often there are bots or one yeah. person doing 10 different usernames, mm-hmm. because we know the narrative is a majority of people don't care. Like, mm-hmm. even if they are probably uh, biggest or um, homophobic, they don't get on the computer. Like my parents, who mm-hmm. would be what I would call homophobic. They don't touch the computer. My <laughs> sister, my brother, not to Target. They complain on Facebook, sure. But they don't go, you know what I mean? That takes a long right. time. For, so I don't, I've never met one person in my conservative t- lifetime that actually went and did this. So I'm right. really wondering who is the one that are complaining, honestly, mm-hmm. as well as the fact that I understand you want to protect your employees. But like you said, this is the easy way out. Instead of having, uh, knowing that you are a private business that you can escort these people out real quickly. Mm-hmm. Real quickly. Yeah, and once again, as you said, they f***ed up because now that everybody's, everybody's <laughs> mad. <laughs> because the conservatives re- are not coming back to say, I forgive you. That's not a thing no. they do. No, and now <laughs> queer people are just people who have like queer people in their lives are like, well, now I don't feel like I'm supported here. And it's ridiculous. I say it again because other companies 
who who probably don't have great track records either. We all shop at places where we don't necessarily agree with their politics. Right. right. All of us. But now <laughs> like, we're going to other places that who knows, but at least their queer stuff is still there. All right. It's, oh, I think Walmart, Walmart, who yeah. I don't shop there at all, but I exactly. think they actually have their stuff. That's what I kept seeing. And I'm not saying like that's good or right at all, but it's just... Right, because they're just cashing in as well. But at exactly. least they're not backtracking, I guess. It's a, it's just a mess. It's just such a mess. <laughs> Which, speaking of, we... Oh, oh my gosh. All right. We got to talk about this whole thing that's going on with Disney and DeSantis. Which I just saw a headline update today about it. So this is this is wildly changing. And I'm going to condense it because it's like... A, several years in the making, actually. So, after pressure from consumers and employees, and what I gather is just plain annoyance at DeSantis's attempts to control and censor them, Disney announced that it wasn't cool with the Don't Say Gay bill uh, censoring discussion of sexual orientation and gender identity in the classroom. And there has been so much legal back and forth about this. Allegedly, Then-Disney CEO Bob Chapek signed a statement protesting the bill and called DeSantis to express his concerns. A few days later, DeSantis released this statement. Woke Disney is now echoing Democrat propaganda and falling for the corporate media's phony hysteria over a Florida bill that sensibly prohibits K-3 through graders from being indoctrinated with transgenderism and R-rated lessons about sexuality. In response, Chapek announced he'd pause all political donations in Florida and released a statement to employees who had long been calling for the company to do more. Quote, you needed me to be a stronger ally in the fight for equal rights, and I let you down. I am sorry. So this was in part due to a report that found that Disney had donated thousands, not only to DeSantis, but other anti-LGBTQ plus politicians in Florida. So employees, I think we talked about this when it happened, like they were mm-hmm. protesting, walking out. Um, and yeah, Disney cast members staged walkouts after, even after that statement, uh, due to JPEG's lack of action. Some employees staged daily walkouts and creators reported being censored. I believe we talked about that in t- um, Turning Red because they said they had a more explicit queer storyline that they had to take out. A few months later, the Florida legislature voted to end the, quote, special districts put into place before 1968, including one that gives Walt Disney World Resort essentially its own government during their special session. Now, here I want to say of note, I do not know if any company should have this, but it was clearly an act of political retribution. All right. And in 2023, DeSantis passed a bill changing the name of this district and appointing a five-person oversight board of directors to it. Um, however, the, me- the current members at the time signed a development deal with the company to give it a max developmental power for 30 years, and they invoked some kind of King Charles. Oh, yeah. Lo- <laughs> so they went after it by saying, as to the old monarchy, that King Charles, the current one that just got inducted as the king after his last descendant dies, and then 30 years after that. So right now he has grandkids that are infants and toddlers, yep. um, and probably more kids will be on the way, let's just be real honest. So so they they have, because like, if, when the grandkids get married, he'll have more descendants. So essentially never ending. Yep. Of course... If we remember correctly, the board of directors, the original members were voted in, I believe. And this one was uprooted and he appointed, which is called a dictatorship or fascism. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, Uh so DeSantis' uh, board is terrifying. This is his cronies, his lackeys, all the things. Uh, Here's something from CNN. The governor also appointed the CEO of a right-wing ministry and the founder of the right-wing activist groups Moms for Liberty horrifying, which the governor has supported to transform local school boards. Board member Ron Perry, CEO of the Gathering USA Ministry, was captured in a since-deleted YouTube video suggesting tap water has turned Americans gay. Yep. This is not to to harp on Florida because I know things are changing. Good for you, Jacksonville. Bringing in a Democratic uh, mayor. Good for you. Proud of you. (laughs) 
she's still a politician though but all that <laughs> to say is this kind of like you you see the whole like yeah florida used to be that state that had all the ex-cons right all the all the cons at the beginning of when it was like the 13 member mm-hmm. <laughs> union that makes sense <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna get yelled at by somebody from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a whole bit about this where somebody yelled at a comedian. Not yelled, but was like, "Why do we always make fun of Florida?" Um, anyway, to be fair, I think the majority of Floridians are not like this. That no. much like Georgia, mm-hmm. um, we they they have done really well in butchering the yes. vo- voting Voting Rights Act, uh, mm-hmm. and therefore being able to put what they want and trying to dictate. The results that they want. So I yes. do I note that. Floridians, yes. we love yes. you still. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> well, DeSantis in this escalating fight did threaten to put a prison next to Disney World, amongst other things. Also, he got married at Disney World, by the way, uh, <laughs> just to put that out there. So yes, he he put into place this very this council of very conservative people after he officially dissolved the Randy Creek District, which was the original district. However, yeah, Disney had found a way to effectively make them powerless. It's still going back and forth, though, because DeSantis ordered an investigation. Disney filed a lawsuit against DeSantis in April 2023, alleging he was engaging in a, quote, targeted campaign of government retaliation and was violating their First Amendment rights. Then DeSantis's installed board sued Disney back, saying they, quote, had no choice but to respond. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. That is the, the wow. It was basically like, well, she uh, hit me first. It was like, I'm rubber, you're glue. What <laughs> yeah. bounces yeah. off me sticks to you. Like, that's essentially what just happened, right? Yes. <laughs> um, and then. Disney canceled plans for a $1 billion campus in Orlando that I think was going to be used to, like, for animation for movies. From the New York Times, quote, it would have brought more than 2,000 Disney jobs to the region with 120,000 as the average salary, according to an estimate from the Florida Department of Economic Opportunity. Though, did want to say a note, uh, some of the, the employees were not happy about the potential of being relocated, because a lot of them were going to come from California, I believe. And some people quit uh, because they didn't want to be relocated. So, and this was also the, they wanted to make this change so the company could benefit from the state's tax credit. Um, And then California officials called on Disney to build the campus there and was like, the workers are already here. It's a bidding war. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I just want to make sure, because who's, who's to say... If the jobs would have gone to people in Florida, I guess is what I'm saying. But right. then, because this has to get even more ridiculous, North Carolina introduced a bill targeting at getting Disney to relocate. It was called the Mickey's Freedom Restoration Act. Still, as of now, Disney is set to invest $17 billion in Central Florida over the next 10 years. Disney is also set to host the, quote, largest LGBT plus conference in the world beginning in September. People have expressed concerns about vacationing in Florida now because of this. And the NAACP issued a travel advisory recently. And I do also want to say, like, I really don't like DeSantis. I want to be a thousand percent clear on that. But I also don't want to paint Disney in, like, like they don't have the best history in this. Right. Like, there's still a company that is trying to make money. A lot of what's happening here is because of the consumers and employees pushing. Um, So just just to keep that in mind, some people are saying that this is whole thing is kind of trying Disney trying to cover falling profits and massive layoffs. I don't think that's true. I'm sure that might be part of it. Um, That's the conspiracy theory that conservatives is not really because. Right. He's making a stand. (laughs) Um, And it's so frustrating, too, because, I mean, we could hark all day about the hypocrisy we're seeing over and over again. But for a party and a politician who's constantly like, you know, corporate, leave corporations alone, 
privacy. Like if, I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine <laughs> he's trying to install his own people to c- control a company? Right. Like a billion dollar company. That's, International company. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Stunning hypocrisy. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast, I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. we Now I did want to do a quick update on uh, the Don't Say Gay bill, because it has been updated to extend to 12th grade now. Um, in April 2023, it was extended from AP, quote, the rule change would ban lessons on sexual orientation and gender identity from grades 4 through 12 unless required by existing state standards or as part of reproductive health instruction that students can choose not to take. That's the time when students are becoming aware of their sexuality. So really digging in the heels. I do want to say, kind of like what we talked about, too, with the book banning episode, there has been a lot of instances of young people protesting, staging walkouts for not being able to fly pride flags. like So that's heartening to see, but it's, this is very upsetting and horrifying. There was a story that came out related to that about how ridiculous and confusing all right. of this is. Right, yeah. 
and they're still talking about all the aftermath. But a Florida teacher was investigated after showing the Disney film Strange Worlds to fifth graders because of its inclusion of a gay character. The teacher claimed she showed it because it was relevant to her curriculum on ecosystems. The investigation was recently closed and the teacher had all the necessary forms aside beforehand. She expressed fear at the uncertainty of the environment and the parent who reported her, Shannon Rodriguez, reported her to Florida state officials for violating Don't Say Gay. A petition for her removal from the local school board garnered 16,000 signatures over two weeks. She said at the school board meeting, You showed a movie that wasn't sanctioned at school material, thus stripping the innocence of my 10-year-old. It's a PG movie. (laughs) Yeah, Disney movie, PG cartoon that had a character. Not not talking about being gay, necessarily being in a gay relationship. Mm -hmm. Just being gay. (laughs) That was just there. Yeah. I know that the teacher has fired back at this as well. Um, It has been all over social media talking about it and news. I did also see just recently um, a veteran who was hardcore veteran came against all of the school board talking about how he had fought fascism during mm-hmm. his time in the military. And now he's having to fight it in, in the schools and in Florida today, mm-hmm. which is good to see that people are standing up for this. Yeah. And again, I think that much like Georgia and many of the South, Florida is is not as heavily in favor of things like this. This is a political stunt. We knew it was because the Santos wants to compete against Trump, which is a whole different conversation. Mm -hmm. But because of this, because they're the loudest, it it does seem like this is the majority of Florida, and that's not true. Right, and that's something we also discussed in the book banning one. And and that woman that we mentioned that was appointed to the, the council, DeSantis's council, of uh, Moms for Liberty. Like, it's a organized effort done by not that many people, but they're very, they've been very effective at organizing and getting people in rooms and, and making these scenes and being, like, very distracting. And I, I, I also, the teacher said she didn't realize that the rule had changed. Um, and she also didn't really think about, like, the gay character being in there. So that's just an example of how confusing all of this is. And a final note before we move on about this, Cat, uh, super fan, super listener Cat, uh, wrote in uh, recently expressing their frustration around a politician um, doing something similar where they were but kind of on the flip side, where they were saying, like, we could do this kind of pride event, but we really shouldn't have a pride parade because the, you know, the atmosphere, the environment is not correct for it. So kind of being like, I super support you. Yeah, but not backing it up at all and trying to appease with, well, what about this? This should be enough. You don't need anything else. And not listening to all of the complaints uh, from the citizens who, who were saying, like, no we want to have a pride parade. Like, <laughs> this is not... And then the politician getting angry and saying, essentially, like, you're asking for too much. Like, I'm doing my best. So <laughs> that's also... We've been talking a lot about companies, but politicians absolutely do do it too. And then finally, I wanted to end with... I would say this is kind of an up note. I don't know. Uh, but there's a, an article came out <laughs> that... A couple of you listeners have written in about this, and I thought it was really interesting about how during the pandemic, you have found your identity or you have like realized like, oh, I actually identified this way. It turns out you are not alone. So this article was talking about why that might be, and they were saying things like, Taking time to stop and think, um, not being distracted by socialization or commutes, being able to hear, quote, the quiet voice um, to face things that you've ignored. A lot of the people they interviewed said it's not like I was in denial. It's more like I just had never taken the time to hear that quiet voice. A lot of things around reflection and introspection. The qu- I had the question I had, who are you performing for? I had that a lot during the pandemic of like, well, who was this for? all along, but also uh, being online more during quarantine uh, and connecting to others like you, which was part of a larger trend. They made sure to say, like, 
There's no actual data on this. This is just a lot of people reporting it. But it was also kind of a trend that was happening ever since we have gotten more online and we have been able to make those connections. Some people were talking about fear around death and not wanting to die about without being honest about who you are, without thinking about what do you really want out of life. Um, and then a lot of people reported kind of this internalized ageist understanding that coming out is only for young people. And once you reach a certain age, like it's too late, especially if they had like a homophobic family or something. So I just thought that was really fascinating, especially because we've gotten several throughout the pandemic. A lot of you have written in about that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just something to think about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know this wasn't the easiest episode, but we have to talk about this stuff. And we do have a lot of fun content around the queer community coming out. So right. I hope everyone has a happy, lovely, safe pride. Um, and let us know what you're doing um, or if there's anything else we should talk about, any resources we should shout out. You can email us at stuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at Podcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff Mom Never Told You. You can also find us on YouTube and we have a tea Public store. You can check some stuff out. We have, we only have a couple of designs on there right now, but some more stuff is coming. We also have a book you can pre-order. Uh, it's at stuffyoushouldreadbooks.com. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina, our executive producer, Maya, and our contributor, Joey. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stefan never told you this production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.